Welcome to the Make Disciples podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Welcome back to another episode of the Make Disciples podcast. My name is Dan Rober, and today I have the privilege of being joined in the podcast studio by Tom Park. Tom, glad to have you here with us. Uh, It's a pleasure and an honor to be here, Dan. Thank you. Glad to have you here. And Tom, you and Susan have a history here at Wildwood. You all have been here for quite a while. How many years? We have. We're at 25 years. Okay. I am a lifetime Presbyterian. As we all know, the Presbyterian and the major denominations have this left-right split. And as the wise Catholic scholar said, whose name escapes me, uh, of all the denominations in biblical Christianity, I think the PCA has as right as anybody. Hmm. So 25 years. Don't want to pat ourselves on the back or anything, but uh, feeling pretty good about being at Wildwood. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Indeed. Well, good. Well, we're glad you're here. And you've had a lot of history working uh, as an elder here at Wildwood as well? 18 years uh, as an elder, um, four years as president of the LLC, and uh, I think I'm three years as elder emeritus now. That's when they kick you upstairs, you know, because you start to get old. Uh, The great story about my eldership is after a couple of years here, Bob Evans, who we all love, respect, and admire, said, I'd like you to be an elder. And I said, Bob, I got too much going on. I can't do it. I can't do justice to the position. Okay. So then he asked me again. The third time he yelled at me. And so I said, (laughs) okay, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) That's how I became an elder. Well, there you go. Well, we're happy for your work and I'm happy that we're able to interact today. So the reason why we're talking today is because we're talking about the existence of God. So last podcast, we talked about how the entire season we're discussing the doctrine of God, and it seemed somewhat appropriate to start with the existence of God, but there also may be some questions about this because we're approaching this as Christians. And so as Christians, the existence of God is not a question. If we believe that we're Christians, we're going to start with the existence of God. And you could argue that the Bible actually assumes the existence of God. You may have heard this, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. It's not in the beginning, now let me give you proofs for the existence of God. It just assumes that. So, Tom, why do you think we need to spend time thinking about the existence of God? A sermon that David uh, McNeely gave a few years ago was that there were three major categories of reasons, Dan, that people deny the existence of God. And the first was intellectual dissent. In other words, they couldn't come intellectually to believe that the Bible was anything but myth and fairy tale, a history book. The second set of reasons is, is that how could a loving, caring God that loves us, that wants our best interests put forward, possibly let Aunt Mary die, get hit by a bus or whatever? Uh, A good God wouldn't do that. I reject that. That's just, you know, the second set of reasons. And the third set of reasons is that people are just moral rebellious, just said, I'm not going to subordinate myself to those standards. So those three sets of reasons, since the Enlightenment or the last 400 years, when a whole lot of folks started saying, you know, we're pretty smart, we got a lot of things figured out, and so on and so forth, the age of scientific inquiry, that proof will determine everything, science has all the answers, and so on and so forth, people started having a real problem with category number one, intellectual dissent 
or being able to come to intellectual assent of the realities of God. So that's kind of the quick apologetic. Yeah. So the idea is there is value in being able to interact with this question intellectually because there's a lot of people who struggle intellectually with this idea. Absolutely. And Bob Evans himself said to me many, many years ago, he said, you know, some days I walk up and I look at the steeple and I look in the church and I say, is this really for real? And so the reality is, is this book that we've been circulating through the book club, Reflections on the Existence of God, a series of notes by Richard E. Simmons from Alabama. He struggled with that himself. And so he spent 30 years assembling the best and the brightest of the great thinkers and the, all the people that asked this question in seeking an apologetic to say, yes, it is for real. Because even the most devout and robust of Christians at times, question, is this really for real? And quickly, Dan, you know, we live in an age of materialism and materialists or physicalists believe that there's only the physical domain. People that believe in the divine, we Christians, we crazy people, as Cleve McClary, uh, the evangelist marine officer, hero from Vietnam, used to say, uh, I'm a fool for Christ, okay? And so we need to subordinate what we think we know and be a fool for Christ because he was who he said he was. Yeah. Well, so let me ask you, you have engaged intellectually with this question. We'll talk about the book that you sure. mentioned momentarily, but um, there's a lot of arguments, philosophical, intellectual arguments that we can make for the existence of God. Is there a particular argument that stands out to you um, as you think about it? I'll say myself. I'll give one in a little bit, but it's the collection of them together that one may not be persuasive, but all of them together have a lot of different things. What stands out to you? Well, that's a good one. See, I've got listed here in my book, as you can see, which I've read four times. Uh, if you're not so smart, you have to read things a couple of times, right? And, and so here are a list of 24 proofs on the existence of God. And you said Genesis 1-1. Well, the first one is the creation, the Big Bang, Genesis 1-1. There it is, you know, where God breathed life. The universe was created, intelligent design. You know, Lee Strobel has run great books on the, you know, great apologetics on uh, intelligent design, the fine-tuning of variables, 10 to the 168th power that it happened by, uh, you know, random chance. Uh, it was created, and it goes on and on. So there are enormous numbers of proofs if people would spend the time and think about it. And make no mistake about it, you need to work at it, okay? Now, some people, my wife is interesting because she came to faith in a way that was childlike, which is what Jesus said should happen with us. You know, there are people like me that work at it and work hard at it and think about it a lot, maybe think too much about it. But the reality is there are legions of proof texts that God is there. There is beyond the physical materialist domain, there is a spiritual domain that is discreetly different and separate. And that's what the world is stuck on in the age of scientific inquiry. Yeah. We get so caught up in our world. And yet our world requires a God. I mean, the most convincing argument that I see is, uh, for me personally, is the moral argument. Uh, morality requires a moral lawgiver. Otherwise, we're, categories such as good and evil don't really make sense. They, they're, they're products of our own imagination. 
I don't want to live in a world that doesn't have good and evil because there are things that are going on in the world that are legitimately evil. And so it makes more sense to look at a world that has a moral lawgiver than one that doesn't. So that would just be one example of a physical world that needs that spirituality, that needs that divine uh, to fully comprehend it. Yeah. Well, we've talked about it. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Evil is tangible. Evil is a condition that is real. You can see evil. You can feel it. In the book Imagine Heaven by John Burke, John Burke was an engineer. So he had an engineer's mind. Interestingly, my father was a distinguished aeronautical and mechanical engineer. So people with minds like that, they process information a certain way. John Burke had an experience where he had a near-death experience. And by the way, there are legions of near-death experiences reported by lawyers, doctors, professors, very rational human beings that say, I died, went to the other side, and came back. And they talk about it. And so, again, we look for proof. Oh, my gosh, there's legions of proof. So um, I was talking about Imagine Heaven, that book, which is a marvelous book that Burke writes about becoming so convinced that he became a pastor, and he spent 40 years studying near-death experiences. And when he got to about 60, somebody said, you can't die, John, and leave all this on the table. So he wrote his book, Imagine Heaven, which is what heaven is about. And I think he reported in there, instead of five senses, I may remember this incorrectly, 1,600. How do you know that? That it is so robustly different than what we're used to in our physical domain. The divine domain is separate, distinct, and different, and far, far more excellent. That's what I understand. Yeah. That's a fascinating uh, thing to look into. But uh, let's focus on this book now because I know you are a huge fan of it. So Richard E. Simmons' book, Reflections on the Existence of God. We had the opportunity to walk through it this summer with Seven Four Men. And uh, for me, one of the great benefits is it takes a lot of philosophical and ideological uh, reasoning that can be very ivory tower-like and brings it down to a much more bite-sized and manageable thing um, so that people can reflect on the existence of God, which is the name of it. But what stands out to you about this book? How would you encourage people to uh, read this book? Well, Richard Simmons, again, took 30 years to write it, and he contemplated it. And I tell people, read this in, in small pieces, four or five pages, and stop. And I say that to people about the Bible as well. You know, uh, read a parable and stop. Read the footnotes and maybe read a book about the footnotes. But the, Richard Simmons spent 30 years assembling this. If you look at the names through there that he references, the one I, the story I really like, Dan, is about Albert Camus. I suffered 11 semesters of French when I went to school. And Albert Camus, of course, in the 60s and the 50s was a world famous atheist. And of course, when a person declares himself an atheist, it implies that there's a God to be atheistic from. So the, the statement, I'm an atheist, is really uh, is self-defeating. But let's not go there right now. So Camus gets to meet this American pastor. I think his name was Muma. It's in the book. And this man came to France every summer, and they became friends. And finally, four months before Albert Camus died in an automobile accident, he wrote this American pastor a letter and said, 
I have come to believe that God is real, and I was wrong. Well, there were millions of people in the world that Camus influenced to be atheists. They never knew that. So it's kind of tragic at one level, but at another level, it's celebratory because one of the world's greatest atheists finally saw the light. Now, that's in the book. And there are countless stories. C.S. Lewis is another one. The story on C.S. Lewis is he became a believer on a motorcycle ride. He was in the sidecar for 45 minutes, and he says, when I got in it, I wasn't quite sure. I was thinking about it a lot. He was surrounded by all those really smart guys at uh, Cambridge. Uh, I think it was Cambridge. And anyway, so when I got out of the sidecar, I'd come to believe that it was for real. And of course, he had a fabulous life. Great contributor. Yeah, that and many, many more stories in this book that uh, get, you put it all together and you say there is a wealth of evidence for the existence of God. And so it's a very useful, useful book to re reflect on, reflect on reflections of the existence of God. Um, so we do encourage that book to you. And with that, well, we're done with this podcast. Thank you, Tom, for being here. What a pleasure. Appreciate you being here. And uh, thank you, our listeners, for joining us. We'll be back again with another episode next week. Thanks for joining us for the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Please join us again for our next episode of Make Disciples.